welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to Behind the Sofa, where we review the top 100 horror movies of all time. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. Hello. Why? Why did you do that? It'll all become clear. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was real creepy. I didn't like that. Did not. I was like, what are we doing? Is this a bit? Are we doing a bit? No. Um, Sorry. <laughs> you don't sound like that. That's, no. your, that's your telephone voice. Oh, God, no. No telephones, <laughs> thanks. I'm good. Um, yeah, how you doing? I'm good. Um, yeah, we've... Uh, We've had a pretty good week, I reckon, or two weeks. I got Sorry. a job. Yay! Got a job. Yeah, not that that's you didn't all have I'm willing before, to say. Yeah, but... I had a job before, but I have a new job. Yeah. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm trying yeah. to think what else we've been up to. Well, we've been having loads of technical issues. Yeah. Fucking Apple. Apple. Sorry, oh, Apple, it. but people have given uh... us some good advice on how to fix it, and we feel like we've uh, we've sorted it out. So now we should be back one a week. Every Monday. Yeah. So get your notifications on. Yeah, let's do that. So mm-hmm. at Behind the Sofa Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure you give us a rate and a subscribe and all that jazz. Um, and we'll be reviewing some horror movies. A lot of horror movies coming up I've never seen before. Good. Yeah, we went through like the next sort of... There's quite there's a couple uh, at the beginning, but like in the next sort of twenty five, there's a large chunk of them that we haven't seen. So I'm very excited. Yeah, so yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Could be a new fave. Yeah, could be a new fave in there. Um, what are we talking about this week though? Uh, this week we are talking about uh, 2017's Get Out, which is uh, number 76 on our list. So I'd seen this before. You'd seen this before. We had. We'd seen it together. But um, I mean, it, it's obviously it's pretty obvious that like if you're uh, watching a movie for the first time and then you're watching it again, but you're like jotting down notes, you're obviously going to notice a hell of a lot more the second time around. But yeah, I, like I, I noticed a lot. Yeah, more. I feel like you're looking at it with a slightly different eye. Yeah, but like way more than like the ones that I'd seen before and and sort of been jotting notes. But like this is a very very deep film. It's like just so many little nods and subtle. Yeah, it's lots yeah. of like it's amazing contextual. Mm. You know, different hidden Nuances. meanings. Yeah, exactly. Lots of <laughs> you can read into. You can take it just as a horror movie, in which case it's a great horror movie. Yeah. Or you can look at it as uh, a piece of satire in which case it's a brilliant piece of satire it really is so um so yeah so go on give us a little bit of a a rundown okay so uh essentially it is a young african-american man who is uh going to meet his um white girlfriend's parents in their lovely country estate for the first time and uh he's feeling awkward and nervous about it um but then it ends up being awkward and nervous for all different reasons awkward, so, awkward's a bit of an understatement <laughs> just a little bit yeah uneasy yeah. i guess would be a better word but but yeah it's it's really good so i mean this is directed by jordan peele so anyone out there who's seen key and peel um would probably be a bit like kind of like i was i was a little bit surprised when uh when this came out and it started getting like uh you know accolades and awards and uh, like everybody absolutely loving it because we were just like Jordan Peele does comedy but he's done like this incredible piece of horror and it's well you say that but I feel like I've watched a bunch of Key and Peele recently and they do a lot of these sort of um, uh, like movie pastiche sort of like different takeoffs of different famous movies like 
horror movies, post-apocalypse movies, and they're always like really beautifully done. Mm. Like someone, he's obviously paying close attention to how those movies look and feel in real life. It's not like sometimes you watch a sketch show and they're just kind of like, ah, um, you know. With the, the how it looks doesn't really matter. It's about whether it's funny or not. Whether I feel the like joke lands, yeah. yeah. I feel like in this, you know, for for Kim Peel, I feel like it's he's got like a, the eye of a director. He's not just focusing on does the joke land, but the the back, you know, yeah. the background characters are acting stupidly, um, and you know this isn't period, and this doesn't look right. He's got an eye which says I am, you know taking everything in and making sure that it all kind of like fits the vision of what i'm trying to of what i'm trying to do yeah i mean he'd said that uh horror is his favorite genre anyway so like there were obviously a lot of things that were uh uh you know that he he had in his mind when he was making this not not least the entire sort of racial tension side mm. of it which plays a lot through it but like ollie said you know you can um uh you can view it as a horror film you can view it as satire you can view it as uh, commentary on like the current state of the world and and things like that. You can take whatever you whatever you need to from it, and on every level, it's still great. Yeah. So I feel like it right from the outset as well just hits you hard. Like uh, it starts off with a guy who is played by can't remember the actor's name. Daniel Kaluuya. Oh no no no, no wait. Um, the, the guy right at the start. Right at the very. He's, start. The, he's in Atlanta. And I can't remember his name. First he's looking up, I'm vamping. Yeah. Basically, the guy's walking down the street, minding his own business, um, and then he's basically stalked by this kind of like white muscle car. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and he just decides like, nope, 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 I'm not going to let this happen. I'm going to turn around, different direction. I'm just going to walk away. I don't want to get into any kind of uh, confrontation with anyone. And then the car just slows down and starts playing Run Rabbit, Run Rabbit, uh, which is real creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, for me, immediately just kind of like sets the stall out. Like African-American guy isn't even safe, just walking down the street, minding his own business, doing nothing. But the thing it, is, which I knows. think is Which I think is kind of, you know, you look at all the different, uh, what's the name of the guy? The um, the guy who was shot by the, the, the dude from the Neighbourhood Watch. And he was basically just reaching in his pocket to get out some skittles or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, so many horrific stories of you know young African American men just being gunned down for apparently no reason. Yeah. So immediately, just sort of like a guy in a white suburban neighborhood just gets captured and taken away like a slave. You know what I mean? Mm. There's some definite sort of like forcibly removed um, kind of parallels, I guess you could take from it. Uh, but it's you know once again if you're just looking at it from a horror movie standpoint it's fucking creepy as hell guy he's in leather gloves don't see his face plays a creepy song and then just quickly springs out the shadows and knocks this guy out and you're like Ugh. did it's you very, very... did you feel the halloween influence of that bit of the um, suburban street with the car with the car that stops and everything's just slightly off and it's one person walking down the street because that's where like a lot of the inspiration came from for that little bit yeah i can kind of see that so it was like sort of twisting the suburban neighborhood that's supposed to be the safe place on its head which is like very much what yeah. happens in in halloween so okay yeah. yeah i can see that yeah so that was like the bit that i got i kind of jotted it down and it ended up being that that was like their idea mm. um so yeah it's it, it was creepy as hell like i said you know the the sort of 
you see it in horror movies and stuff where it's like an old-timey cheerful chirpy song over the over the top of like horrible yeah. violence yeah, juxtap- always... juxtapose it with some horrific action yeah it's always pretty like jarring so um and so it kind of goes from that to um uh the like swahili though i looked it up it was like swahili chanting over the top of the the music that they're playing at the beginning as it's just like footage of like the road so obviously like going from the country to the city or yeah. like the the traveling and everything um i can't remember i wrote it down um yeah so the lyrics are in swahili and they actually say brother run listen to the elders listen to the truth run away save yourself wow um so i was just like that's pretty cool yeah because it just sounded very you know very tribal and very intense but yeah yeah so i feel at this at this point we get to meet the main character whose name i also can't remember chris chris i remember yeah i remember the chris but i daniel kaluuya okay yeah Yeah. um Mm. he's fantastic in this movie He's you know great I mean? in all things. The, 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 yeah, well, yeah, that is true. But like, this movie would fall down at the first hurdle if he wasn't likable mm-hmm. and you know convincing and uh, relatable, and therefore you know, well done, awesome job. You yeah. did a fucking great job on this one. So he's like a uh, like a photographer. He takes a lot of like gritty pictures of like uh, inner city life and. Uh, and all of those sorts of things like really beautiful black and white shots and stuff and so he's sort of telling his story of like what he sees when he's like um like out in out in the city and then we get to meet um his girlfriend uh rose who's played by alison williams that you might know as marnie from girls um also in perfection which is another film which from the trailer looks very much like um you know uh racial Mm. discussions and stuff in that as well so it was quite interesting um and so they're getting ready for um for the weekend away to go and visit her parents and he asks the question like do they know i'm black and um she's like no but it won't be a problem and he is understandably a little bit concerned about like how it's gonna go you know at best it will be awkward at worst it could be really quite nasty and it's obviously something that he's experienced in his past and she seems at at this stage in the movie as being quite naive um and just being like no it will be fine you know it's my dad would have voted for obama for the third time if he could have which i thought was quite funny but then she was like oh and and uh he will tell you that and it will be excruciatingly awkward as well so now i want to jump ahead a little bit they're driving up there's this massive jump scare we missed we missed out rod and we'll come back to Rod. I love Rod. But listen, we're not doing all in order okay. because the, the other. Well, there's another bit that I wanted to go on to because of uh, what you're saying about his job as a photographer, mm. which comes into play in a big bad way later on. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, at the end of the day, he's being taken up to meet his girlfriend's parents, who are you know the heads of a kind of uh, eugenics cult, <laughs> and they're basically taking the brains out of white people and replacing them with uh well they're taking a part of a brain of of a white person and replacing it with the brain of a a part of a brain of a black person so they you know it all goes the whole basically the gist of it is that 
white people are trying to you know commodify different things that african-american people have so you have when they have this party later on where all of the uh, the parents friends turn up you know they're looking at him, him as a sportsman you know what i mean they're talking about like oh i know tiger woods is my favorite but it can be seen as like two different ways though because if you're watching it like uh and you see the look on chris's face he's got this sort of you know like i'm just going to smile and grit my teeth and bear this because i've dealt with this kind of awkward party situation where a white person doesn't know how to speak to a black person and starts going on about oh i know tiger woods and i'm i you know golf and stuff and so they're trying to find some common ground there and then there's um like a woman asking you know if if black guys are better in bed um and you know, but i think like the, the main fashion, thing fashionable yeah, fashion. black being fashionable and all of that and like you know in any other situation it would just be like awkward conversation where they don't know how to talk about it but then it turns out that it's actually because they're trying to work out if he's good at golf because you know if they steal his body and put the consciousness of the white person into the body and, mm. and everything else uh whether he would be good at golf um whether he's good in bed because the woman who's thinking about bidding on him is you know um uh married to like a terminally ill man in a wheelchair and she wants to know whether she can have sex again um and if it's going to be good and like guys who you know was wearing sort of slightly awkward looking like fashionable clothing wants to know you know what the experiences like of being like a cool yeah. young black guy and so it just takes on that whole dark turn and it's just like you look back because now now we've seen it twice mm. you look you read so much deeper into those uh communications and you're just like oh god now i know why they were yeah. asking those questions and it's just well, yeah, it's like you so see those worse. like those weird like uh like microaggressions like mm. you you know what on the first view before you know what the twist is going to be you see them as just sort of like awkward slightly ignorant sort of uh, middle class white people yeah exactly <laughs> and then all of a sudden it shows up for oh actually there's something much more like deep rooted which mm. makes them even more uh, makes them even more kind of uh, nefarious but at the end of the day the guy who kind of ends up winning the bid on on Chris is played by Stephen Root. I love Stephen Root, and no, maybe not in this, but but, um, mm. but he basically wants Chris for his eyes. He is blind, and he is an art gallery owner, and he basically wants, you know, kind of like the black, you know, the black perspective. He wants the the kind of like the artistic eye of an African American guy it's all about the culture you know what i mean like mm. stealing the culture of, of black people and kind of appropriating it as white people yep um so which is fascinating when yeah. like when you when you're watching it because like really i said once again it still comes across as it, it never comes across as like super um kind of like in your face like it's ramming it down your throat it's very much sort of like it's a horror movie first and uh, you know a message yeah exactly comment and social commentary second yeah exactly still so strong yeah um mm. but going back to going back to when they're driving up to the house mm. the deer now yeah. the deer there's a, now they're driving along the road they're talking and then a deer jumps out in front of them big jump scare yeah probably the only like real jump scare in mm -hmm. the whole movie um what does the deer mean I kind of like had I had an, an idea but I wasn't like because it turns up later on in the movie as well so 
my original thought, Kirsty has her hand up. She's doing that now. Oh, 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 me, 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 me. Oh, sir, me, me. Um, my guess was, because they leave it and it's dead in the woods. And then when he's in bed later on, he kind of like has a vision or a dream about it. And the camera sort of like creeps into the woods and sort of like sees the deer kind of in the woods. For me, it was kind of like racism's dead. But then all of a sudden, it starts to like... You, you sense that it's still there like the corpse is kind of like rotting and festering in the woods like out of sight um, you know so it's kind of like people don't really see it full on like up front but yeah. it's still there and it's still kind of like a presence and then later on when we get finally get into the whole like eugenics cult part of it we get to see like the deer head like mounted on the wall yeah. so it's like this this thing has been brought into the heart of like the American household um, Kirsty, I feel like has a, a, an alternate take on it, I so, so I, I would love to. I would love to hear what you think. Okay, well, um, one bit that that comes up later on in the film and is like uh, like a big uh, a big thing in Chris's life is the fact that his mum was killed by uh, a hit and run, uh, killed in a hit and run accident. And he blames himself because he was sitting at home watching TV as a child uh, and didn't go out and look for her or call the police or anything like that so like you know she was hit by the car she didn't die right away and he blames himself that like if he'd gotten to her sooner then she would have survived um and so the the deer being hit by the car and them just being like just leave it because he could hear it in the woods so he knew that it wasn't quite dead um and uh just had the thought of that being his mother but then also when they get to um, Rose's parents' house and they talk about how they hit the deer and, and uh, his uh, Rose's dad is very much like, well, you know, there's loads of them up here now and, you know, there's lo- uh, you know every time I see one dead by the side of the road, I think, good, that's one less to be worried yeah. about and whatever. And then it ends up, spoilers, obviously, there's loads of spoilers already, but um, it, it then ends up that, like, he gets impaled on, like, a deer antler, so it's like that. Plus, I think, uh, from having a bit of a read-up of that to see whether, like, my thoughts on it were correct, like, um, I think he uses the word, he's using the word, like, buck, and it's, like, black buck was, like, a mm. term for, like, a strong black slave guy i feel like so, isn't that isn't don't they use it in uh Django? i feel yeah. like they're, when they're talking about that mandingo fighting they're yeah. like calling people bucks and stuff like that yeah so, so it's an animalistic kind of thing well because it yeah. even goes to a conversation that they have with um is it caleb landry jones is that the name it of the dude is. who's it who i mostly always remember from twin peaks i always remember him for, oh yeah he's in twin peaks he's in twin peaks the return yeah but my immediate thought when i see him is banshee from the x-men which oh, is yeah. not really his best part but he really strikes me as a uh he's he's really good in it but oh he's, he's such a right little fuck yeah but he strikes me as like they could have easily got like macaulay culkin to play this part like grown yeah. up macaulay culkin and he would have been like ex like just as good if not if not better well because maybe because they have this um uh they have this kind of like conversation around the dinner table the first time he meets the brother and he's talking about MMA and he's basically saying, um, oh, uh, you should do, you know, you'd be with your uh, genetic, was it, genetic makeup. makeup. Yes. You'd be fantastic at it. You'd be a beast, yeah. which is like a, which is another one of those kind of like microaggression terms that you Animal. hear a lot used in sports where it's like comparing uh, 
a black person with an animal yeah. like oh they'd be a beast and yeah. you know just once again just like it's all on. a little bit much but yeah. but yeah i mean he's really troubled but uh you know like i spent a lot of the time i think when like i was watching the first one and then like during the auction later on when they're doing like a silent auction for chris um i he's sort of sitting alone like looking really troubled and i'm like is he struggling with like no doing it or is he i don't yeah it doesn't really come out that way for me uh he just seems like a massive loser and to the point where his his dad seems kind of like oddly his whole family seem like oh this this guy's a total dud yeah you know but then i think it's because rose as it turns out is um like a total sociopath um we'll we'll probably get into that a bit later into like the rose character because it's yeah there's a lot going on there but how she is the one who is like bringing these guys in yeah she's basically she's the not, one not quite catfishing them but but pretty much yeah and and uh for whatever reason like jeremy is only there like that's the brother jeremy is uh is only there to as like the muscle but yeah. he never seems to do it quite right or you know it's he's all a bit yeah he, he's a bit twisted and a bit wrong so you mentioned um like sound a minute ago mm. i just want to give like a little kind of thumbs up shout out to the sound design in this movie it's fucking absolutely phenomenal mm. the place where i mostly remember it is from the very first well in any of them it, but especially in the very first um, hypnosis scene, so uh, Rose's mum, who's played by Catherine Keener, yeah, um, she is her, a hypnotherapist, and her name is Missy. Someone uh, pointed out the fact that she's Missy, which is short for mistress, which would be the name of the wife of a plantation owner, oh, of course. Oh, and wow. okay. the and the dad's name is Dean, which is you know like the head of a yeah, so- yeah. society organization or whatever. So like, there's loads of little okay little tiny bits in there but like the the sound design for the first uh hypnosis scene is absolutely fantastic they just sort of like layer these little sounds all on top of each other so first of all you hear this kind of like really um this the sound of the spoon which becomes which yeah which is turns out to be really Mm. significant throughout the movie but then they sort of like start to layer in the sound of rain and Chris talks about how his mum was hit like the hit and run was in the rain as well so they just kind of like gently layering in all these different Mm. sounds and then that's the first time we get to sort of like see uh, the sunken place Mm. now um, the sunken place I did a, a little bit of reading up and it's been kind of like my original kind of like reading of it was pretty much on the money but um I'll, I'll read out from Jordan Peele what, he's, what he kind of said about it. He said, The sunken place means we're marginalised no matter how hard we scream, the system silences us. Wow. So I think he was talking about, like, um, especially in, like, cultural representation, mm. sort of, you know, the, the voice of the African-American people is always kind of, like, silenced by you know the hollywood system and by politicians and no matter how much they're trying to scream out and be you know listen to me they never seem to be no one ever seems to pay attention which is exactly what's happening to chris you know he's in this place he can see every the the other thing as well is that he can see everything that's being done to him Mm. which makes it even more disturbing so he can he's still got he's like sunk down but he can still see this little kind of like tv screen off in the distance yeah and it's 
you know what his character would be seeing uh but there's this like distance between them he can't scream he can't do anything uh, and all the time people are you know lifting him moving him around doing things to him against his will um oh, it's just so cre- like claustrophobic and creepy and yeah. so deeply unsettling well, i mean how much were you expecting that because we'd seen bits in the um uh in the trailer of him being strapped to a chair and we knew that there was possibly a bit of a hypnosis element to it but it was more just based on like the social awkwardness of uh, of this like weird meeting mm. and like some of the characters that you meet later on um but uh i completely was not expecting this part we thought maybe it was it's based in hypnosis um so we just thought it was literally that you know just like hypnotism rather than like some kind of like uh science experiment or like surgery and stuff Mm. as you see later on um and so when she does that you know like i was fully like i think you like you said you know due to the layers of sound and the intensity and the the fact that they're showing like basically sort of two talking heads Mm. they go between missy and chris uh with these sounds just building up and up and up and then she just goes now sink into the floor and like that only then when you hear that bit you're watching it and you're like what and then it just happens because you are glued to this scene like you cannot tear yourself away from it when it it just draws you in and it's so good because obviously for a hypnosis scene you want it to be like to have that draw to it so you just you feel like helpless watching it and it's yeah it's so good and the way that they do it is great like they said it was um uh like he was on wires so he's like floating so it looks like he's underwater and he's viewing everything through like a tv screen that's kind of moving further and further away from him and it's so good but she got him in in there under the pretense of um helping him quit smoking um and was like you know oh you smoke around my daughter and it was originally you know you started thinking that she was very protective of her daughter and she did not like um uh she didn't like the fact that her daughter's black boyfriend smoked around her as well as everything else Mm. and so we thought that that was part of it but what it ends up being from my point of view is that she doesn't want him to smoke because that will when it comes to the the auction side of it they'll end up getting less money for a guy who is potentially compromised by having some kind of medical issue due to smoking so it's okay i didn't even think yeah um this movie's fucking great when it starts to reveal like the extent of their like twisted beliefs like you said at the beginning you start to think oh it's just kind of like uh you know awkward white people not knowing how to talk to an african-american guy but then when they start to really sort of like when you get start to get that slow peeling back like the layers of the onions start to peel back and you start to see holy fuck this is like you know it's so all, the, all the things that his buddy rod the uh the tsa agent is kind of like <laughs> warning him about like it's a sex cult it's a sex cult and then you know he's he like no it's it not 100 no, percent right yeah, though doesn't yeah, he pretty much but um the the kind of like the bit that really got me um, is when he decides he's going to go upstairs because he's like at this party with all these white people and he's like, uh, fuck this, I'm, I'm out of here, I'm going to go and I'm going to call, uh, I'm going to go call my buddy. Um, and he goes upstairs and everyone in the party stops talking and just listens to him. Like they all just kind of like look up 
up, the, up at the ceiling Creepy. where he's walking. I was just like, oh man, this is so good. Yeah. And then when you finally get to that kind of um, uh, the reveal of like the the weird like um, like keepsake box with all the photos of all the mm. different uh, like African American guys that Rose has dated, and then caleb landry jones is just downstairs when they're trying to leave the house and she's like fumbling around in her purse with the keys because at this point you still think oh maybe she's not part of it mm. um but yeah then you start to see and then she pulls the keys out of her bag and has a smile on her face and you're just like oh god did you know that that bit like there's two bits about that like alison williams so um jordan peele had to lobby for that bit with rose to not be in the trailer they wanted to put that oh bit God, where she no grabs way. the keys in the trailer. I was like, that's one of the biggest twists in the whole thing. Yeah. And um, Alison Williams was saying like she found it so fascinating that in the in the um, uh, interviews and Q and As and things like that that she did after the film, they were like, uh, she said one hundred percent white question askers and interviewers were asking her. She was hypnotized as well, though, right? oh really and she was like <laughs> so no then, then, she's a fucking sociopath like she is like honestly not to be like oh, I'm so, cold hearted I'm so woke but I never that never that thought never crossed my mind right. she loves it way too much yeah. to be like oh yeah she was definitely hypnotised as well yeah. she does have like kind of like a weird like detached air but I totally read that as like she's a massive sociopath rather than oh she's brainwashed and doesn't know what yeah, she's doing but, like she gets she gets through to um uh like Rod calls Chris's phone, gets oh, through to Rose, great as well. oh, and she's like, to to Rod on the other end of the phone, she sounds distraught, but she is sitting just blankly staring ahead, no expression on her face whatsoever. Like, point, you know, like, oh, Chris is missing. Oh my god, like, what's happened to him? But she's like, no emotion on mm. on her face, and that creeped me out so much. She's just blank. This is so good. What did you think about the end? Because I feel like we're getting yeah, towards the. We have completely missed like what? two mega characters in this. Okay. We've missed Georgina the Help. Okay. And Walter the Groundskeeper. Okay. Who are like massively important in this entire yeah, yeah, okay. film. Okay. No, I understand what you mean, but at the same time, their their part I feel like doesn't really come until. For real? Okay, There's maybe. So they're... much. Okay, maybe There's they have so because much. they're so. The thing is, they're so sort of like important to the finale of it. Yeah, but like all the way through, there's so many little bits in there. Okay, so let's start with uh, Dean is showing Chris around the house, shows him a photo of his dad in like starting position, like he's gonna run, and he was like, "Oh, he was beaten by Jesse Owens, who's like famous black uh, athlete." Um, yeah, he won at the 1934 Olympics. Yeah, like when so, the one where the one where Adolf Hitler was there. And yeah, was basically like was really angry about <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> so um, stick that out of your fucking pipe, yeah. Hitler. So he was uh, he was like, oh, you know, he never he never got over um, beating Jesse, uh, being beaten by Jesse Owens. Um, and then they go into the kitchen, and he's like, this was my mother's favorite place, so we love to keep a, a piece of her in the house. And they come around the corner, and there's Georgina, who's mm. like a African American. Uh, she is the uh, housekeeper, um, and yeah, she's just like totally Stepford Stepford wife, like polite, yeah. subservient, like yeah, really, mm. and um. Yeah, so then uh, there's the other parts with uh, what it turns out to be is that Walter is 
um rose's grandfather in uh a, in a black man's body and chris has a really off off kilter conversation with him where he's like really polite yeah and creepy and yeah big smiles and and everything else and then um he has a conversation with uh, Georgina later on talking about like her phone be- his phone continues to be unplugged and she's like oh I'm really sorry about that you know I I lifted your cellular device to you know your t- mobile telephone to clean underneath it and it must have come loose and rather than fiddle with it anymore I decided to leave it be and he uses uh, like slang words and stuff that she clearly doesn't quite understand and you know it all becomes a little bit uh you know obvious that she's like an older person um and then he says something like oh you know i just wanted to come up here because you know i I can't i can't really stand being around white people like for a long time and she gets a little bit tearful and emotional and there are lots of people who are like is that her mask slipping and you've got the you know the two personalities inside the brain that are kind of uh like interacting with each other and it was more that it's the old lady who is like offended by this young black man and getting upset about a young black man saying horrible things about white people Mm. so she was getting upset about that then you have the creepy one of the creepiest scenes for me is uh chris goes outside at night and all of a sudden it cuts to like across the other side of their huge garden to walter the groundskeeper just absolutely bolting it towards him he is hooning it and at the last second he turns just swift turn and just carries on running and they actually started doing a thing called the get out challenge and there's loads of people you can find videos of it online seeing how close someone can get to you before turning like without you flinching Mm. um and that was based on uh rose's grandfather never quite getting over being beaten by jesse owens and so that's why he continues to run yeah no like i said it's like we were talking about before, like all the creepy. all the di- all the different people at the park who who kind of like they all hug him, don't they? And that's what he thinks is weird as well, because he's like, why are all these white people hugging the black groundskeeper as they yeah. come into the house, like to the party? I mean, I mean more just a lot of like they're once again like commodifying them, like oh yeah, this black guy is really really great at running, so uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna steal his body, yep. and then I'll be a great runner, and I'll yep. be, I'll uh, finally. You know, it's my inferior genes that are kind of like keeping me back. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what did you think about the ending? Um, I liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, I'm trying to think the, you know, like they were. Um, I don't know. Like we've got we've got the whole bit like with the hypnosis and the you know being restrained at the TV and like everything else as well. Um, so they uh they have the party first mm. and we've talked a little bit about it but like he meets logan who is the uh the other black guy at the party who's just very awkward and um he uh is speaking to he speaks to rod on the phone who's just like get out it's a sex cult get out and he is it's only him and logan who scream get out at him due, during this film um so that there's apparently i don't know if you've uh, come across instances of that before we quite often say it like if someone says it in the film we're just yeah. like oh it's like that film that we're watching you yeah. know like that's the name of that film and he's using that uh like the name of the film shows up at the most intense points throughout this film um 
and uh yeah so rod is just like you have to get out get out get out um and uh and then he's like oh i met this guy he's really weird you know uh and uh he takes a takes a photo uh, he wants to take a video of him to show him to rod but he accidentally hits the uh camera button and the flash goes off and you suddenly see logan change and his uh true persona his true personality and who he is actually comes through and he just grabs chris and is like shaking him and screaming at him to get out um and he sends the picture to rod and it turns out it's a guy that's been missing for weeks and weeks and so he goes to the police and he gets laughed out of town even though he's got the exact right story basically um about the whole thing um but then yeah you have uh, jeremy attacking um uh him with a lacrosse stick which is a very white thing they were saying you know like all of these objects that they use in this in this scene for like attacking and stuff like that jordan peele said you know like they're all like alien to me like they're not part of like my life um and uh yeah they they then um they then play the video of the uh the coagula procedure and start had a real like Dharma about... initiative vibe yeah, it, which it really i was did. Uh, which it i was really digging did. yeah that was uh that was intentional but um yeah so you get to me and they were saying um uh like coagula is latin for it joins so it's like a connection thing oh okay so it was really good um, but they talk about our order and the basis on that was that they are actually descendants of an ancient secret society that were descended from the Knights Templar, which were who were obsessed with finding um, the secret to eternal life, the fountain of youth and all of those sorts of things. So and that also um, explains why Jeremy has like a knight's helmet when he goes out to go and capture people and kidnap them. He does. Yeah. On the seat of the car when he gets in when chris gets in the car into the white car yeah there's a a, a knight's helmet on the passenger side oh man i feel like i totally missed that yeah um the first time i watched the movie like i remember not loving the ending okay but i feel like i i really enjoyed it this time round. it was mm. like it's like real breathless like i said once again working on multiple levels it mm. worked as like a, it kind of reminded me of like the end of Scream, like where it just like doesn't let up for like fifteen minutes, yeah. um, which was great. You know, what I mean, everyone seems to get like a real cathartic comeuppance, mm. um, and then you know the end. I feel like justice is sort of done, but at the same time, you're like, this is not really the end. Um, I feel like <laughs> a more, uh, I don't know. I feel like there could be a temptation to be like, get out too get mm. get outer um you know what i mean like that you know in a horrible world in a well in a world more horrible than one we live in at the moment yeah that is t- totally something that could happen but yeah. i'm glad that you know i feel like this movie and these characters have said what they need to say um i've still not seen us i feel like i need to watch it yeah definitely um not say i don't know if it's even closely related in terms of like uh like the themes behind no, it but sure. i definitely would uh, would love to check it out yeah um but yeah so then you have um like he 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 escapes um and one thing that they that uh they actually explained in there was that they actually in uh they actually had a chair made with cotton wadding hmm. so when he um manages to save himself 
by um, like putting some of the wadding from the chair into his ears so that he can't hear the tink 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 of the teacup he's actually saved himself by picking cotton uh, God. and he whacks <laughs> Jeremy over the head with a croquet ball which is a very white posh person kind of game isn't it croquet. what is this associated with like, lawn jockeys yeah. that's a thing yeah right? yeah so um, there was that bit then it was impaled with the deer antlers which we've seen before uh, he smashes Missy's teacup which is um, you know like taking away her power basically like that's that's how she would have been able to to um, to hypnotise him I, I still don't quite know how um, Jeremy was still alive after being like whacked in the head and then comes out and like attacks him and stuff um and uh yeah then uh, he it, it just it just goes from there and then you end up with uh, like grandma and grandpa getting involved georgina and walter um and uh and then it goes straight out to the road and rose is coming after her with the you know she's on the uh on the um the porch with the shotgun yeah it's it's all of those those signs you know those those things that just they just all add up together and um yeah, she. He then flashes the camera in Walter's face, and he wakes up, mm. shoots his granddaughter, quote granddaughter, um, and she's lying in the road. And then he turns the gun on himself. Um, and the the ending was potentially meant to be that um, uh, you know Rose comes out, the police come along, and Chris gets arrested for killing an entire white family yeah you know and that's like i was 100 percent convinced that that is was mm. exactly how it's gonna i thought they were gonna go for the um night of the living dead ending um which you know is... that it was you know that it was um like some of his inspiration was night of the living dead with it being like a black yeah, yeah, protagonist I can, and i can 100 percent see that yeah. so um, like i said there aren't enough movies that kind of like have that um that kind of uh, like racial commentary in them mm. in in horror, so it's really like yeah. great to see uh, something like this. But yeah, yeah um, I love this movie. I yeah. thought it was fantastic. It's Did great. it shit you up? Absolutely, yeah. It's creepy as hell. It's just unnerving. It's just slightly off kilter, and like it's you know it's uncomfortable to watch, which I think is the idea basically. Like it's uncomfortable in all the ways that it could possibly be so it's uncomfortable with a you know a bu the building sense of dread and the tension that you would get from a horror movie but it's also really uncomfortable and awkward to watch like a black guy like maneuver around like a middle class white people kind of situation and he put it and jordan peele has pointed that out he was just like i've been at parties like that all the people I know have been at parties like that and have had to manoeuvre those kind of conversations. But when you know that there's like this sinister undertone to their questions and why yeah. they're asking them, it just makes it so much darker. Yeah. But one of the other things, like just touching on the final part of it was, uh, you know, the, the police car rolls up. He immediately puts his hands up in the air because he's like, I know how this goes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and uh, it turns out to be good buddy Rod, uh, who used his TSA detective skills. <laughs> um, when he was writing down ideas, actually, earlier on in it, like what could possibly be the things that he was saying him to doing his detective work, just before his um, uh, phone rings uh, and it's Rose on the other end um, calling him, um, he crosses out magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of, the, one of the possible options as to why it could be happening um 
but yeah he has like the whole sort of i told you so uh and then the tsa joke running throughout the entire thing is great but then they drive off and they leave rose in the road to die like his mom yeah yeah so like that whole bit is just yeah it's fantastic so yeah i i loved it i thought it it shit me up um absolutely worth a watch 100 percent should be on the list and i see it foresee it moving up i feel like when we where we went through the list on the very first episode on episode zero i was kind of like um i don't know if it was this or a quiet place where I, specifically i was like these films are almost too new to be this high in the list mm. is it just the fact that they're new and they're kind of like fresh in people's minds and that's why it's when so, they got asked to yeah do the exactly list, yeah. like oh yeah i saw that last week that was amazing yeah oh that, that that'll be in the 70s you know what i mean and i was like mm. whoa there's no way this movie's better than you know yeah. brain dead or reanimator or any of those other movies that we've been talking about and have loved um i'm starting to sort of think no it, it is it's it that good it's a total it. it's a modern classic yeah. that's for sure um and did it ship me up yeah it did um i'm i'm you know like i said loads of real creepy bits in it acting is fantastic some i love a movie where you can you know look at it a number of different ways there's not any one definitive kind of uh like reading of it um i think it's pretty obvious what a lot of it's trying to say but like kirstie's pointing out there's so many like little different details that you know could just be coincidence or could have almost definitely been laid in as kind of like clues and nods and winks um so yeah really clever movie and it's scary so you know what what more do you want what more do you want exactly uh, you got anything else? Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, they actually first approached to play Chris, Eddie Murphy. Of course. In a, in a, in a, in a fat how... suit, hopefully. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would have worked. Um, uh, another thing that I... Like, there are loads of amazing posters and pieces of artwork for this, like, real stark, just black and white, which I really like. Not even grayscale, but just, like, mm. black on white, and they look great. And they've got one where it's um, Daniel Kaluuya's eyes uh, and then everything else is like real stark black and white. And it's kind of like a flip of the La Aine poster where it's, um, which is another film which is about, you know, like racial yeah, tension yeah. and like, you know, classism and all that kind of stuff. And so like, yeah, someone did like a, a thing like that and it was very, very subtle. Um, this is one of the only uh, of the few horror movies that actually has been nominated for uh, Best Picture Oscar. Um, and all but one of like the sort of the big big ones that have been uh, nominated for it are actually on our list so the only one that isn't is Black Swan the other ones that are are Exorcist Jaws Silence of the Lambs and Sixth Sense and this cool yeah so didn't they're you, all didn't like didn't this movie win an Oscar for something did it, it win Best Director it did there you go yeah well, des- um, well deserved but it was uh, there was a lot of debate on whether this would actually be considered to be a thriller or a horror just because it's a, a fucking lot- horror I movie I know it's a horror movie but they they lent consideration to it in order for it to have more of a um uh classy yeah, highbrow just, just goes back to the fucking horseshit movie snob yep. uh, mentality that horror movies yep horror movies are lesser they're lesser art so you got to put like you know silence of lambs all those kinds of movies like it's a horror movie guys it's not fucking trying to tie it up any 
um, is a horror movie. Yeah, they were saying like you know they they basically consider like the horror genre and horror movies to to either uh, not be deep enough or to be too extreme. Mm. And I don't think this film is too extreme in the fact that like it's you know like there's there's no like real there are intense scenes of violence but nothing more than you would have seen in another film the way that it's portrayed is amazing and it is deep as hell so it absolutely does it but they were saying that like older some of the older oscar voters on the panel had to be persuaded to watch it because they were like no i'm not watching a horror film and they were like, they'd have to, and they uh, and it was either that, or they were like, no, a little it's a too pro- close to home for they some. Were like, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> they were like, it's problematic. And then, um, yeah, there's, uh, they they actually did a, a whole, um, there's a whole series or a, an an episode or a show on Shudder. If you guys are subscribed to Shudder, we can put up a uh, a link where you can get a free trial, I believe. Um, and there's a, uh, a documentary called Horror Noir, which is a history of black horror, mm-hmm. which we have yet to watch, but um, have heard some very good things about. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, so what's up next week? Next week, my God, we're going in a completely opposite direction to this. So next week is number 75 on our list, and it is... Do you know? No. Hellraiser. Sweet. <laughs> I fucking love me some Hellraiser. Yeah, so like completely different to what we've. Been I only saw Hellraiser now. like really late on yeah. in my horror career. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely really looking forward to watching that again. Yeah. So the the premise of it, if you are not aware, is um, I'm just literally reading the blurb from here. Is uh, a couple moves to an old house to find the man's brother and the wife's former lover who has turned into an ugly beast. He now bids the woman to bring him human sacrifices to help him to be whole again. Yeah, it's a fucking cool movie. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to this one. Okay. Um, if you have got any thoughts about Get Out or if you've got any thoughts about Hellraiser, if you want to leave us a little mini review for Hellraiser, we can uh, read out on next week's podcast. Yeah. Or if you even want to send us a little uh, audio clip, we can play it. Just yeah. like we did with uh, with Charlie and the Fog. Yeah. There and... You go. Um, thanks so much for listening um i think that if you are interested in hellraiser or any other uh horror movies or anything like that then you should probably check out our brand new horror merch store so we've got the horror movie store and the horror book store where you can browse the movies and books that are on the list we now have a very small but slowly growing collection of merchandise for um uh, Dawn of the Dead for Hellraiser for Texas Chainsaw Massacre for The Shining and a few others as well so um, yeah if you find us on Behind the Sofa podcast on Facebook and Instagram you'll find links to the shop and any purchases obviously go towards making more episodes so I don't we get, appreciate I don't get none of it <laughs> <laughs> so you go into line someone's pockets I don't know who that person is it's to keep peanut in uh, in kibs yeah. and peanut butter kongs. Yeah, so, so we'll post up a picture if that would help to, uh, you yeah, know, help you to part with your money to. I was, to I'm feed very a cute dog. I was very tempted to take one of the Hellraiser, uh, not Hellraiser, the Dawn of the Dead. They got these fucking sweet tin signs. Yeah, uh, I was very tempted to have that up on my wall, but uh, you know, I'll let you guys have first crack at it. <laughs> um, so I think that's about wraps it up from us. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening, and make sure you leave rate, review, subscribe. Um, let us know what you think about the movies. Give us your recommendations, all that good stuff. So yeah. So from behind the sofa. Good night.